Let me thank the Walker sisters. I'll always remember that song that was sang on my wedding day, so I do remember it. And what a blessing it is to know that we are looking to the Lord and the Lord alone. We're going to stand together for a short word of prayer. Stand together, let's seek the Lord in prayer. Let's come before God. And I ask you to do something, pray. Pray now for help given to this preacher. Pray for each one gathered here, for those listening online. There may be someone cold or someone un ungodly, someone their sin, that need to hear this message this evening to come to Christ. Let's just pray. Father in heaven, O Lord, we thank Thee that it is of God alone that saves. It is, O God, the, the, the wonderful truth we have in Christ Jesus who gave His life for sinners. What a blessing it is to know that we are loved by God. The love that is everlasting. Lord, it is not just a job to stand here. Lord, it's not anything like that. We thank Thee it's a calling You've given to us to preach the gospel. And I pray for every person gathered in. You'll close us now, O God, at this close of this meeting, close us in with Thee. We pray we'll know a sense of Thy presence. Lord, we pray that through the foolishness of preaching, this night souls will come to Thee. O Lord, we pray for this year. Make it a wonderful year. A year where the tide is turned. Lord, a year where, oh Lord, people are diverted from sin and brought to Christ. A year where churches grow, the gospel is preached faithfully. Father, bless us now, I pray. Give us thy touch, Lord, I ask for power. Knowing, oh God, I am but a, I am but a man. And needing that power from thee. Oh God, we pray that you'll fill us this night, we pray in Jesus' name's sake. Amen. You may be seated. Luke chapter 12, we read earlier on together the words of this wonderful passage of Scripture, a parable which Christ brings to the attention. As you think of this passage of Scripture, it does not matter how rich or how poor we are. It does not matter how much we are in between. But it does matter that we are right before God. It is important that before you leave this scene of time, that you know I don't mean just you think you know you're ready for heaven. The Bible says to us that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. There's a little gospel track which is left outside there on the table. Maybe someone got it to see ready. But I want to read just something from this gospel track. It was written by Ian Paisley many years ago. If you haven't opened it up and read it, I would encourage you to read it. It's a sermon. But the illustration brings it to us, to heart to us, on the very beginning. It says, On an American troop ship during World War II, a new chaplain came aboard. The rank and file of sailors met him and put him to the questions, and they asked, Do you believe in hell? The chaplain was a modernist and an unbeliever, and he said, Men, certainly not. The men looked at him and said, Sir, we would like you to resign as chaplain of the troop ship. If for if there is no hell, we do not require your services. But if there is a hell, we are not going to be deceived like you. Those sailors were speaking the solemn truth. If there is no hell, then there is no need for you to come to God's house. There is no need for you to read the Bible. There is no need for you to be concerned about the soul's eternity. 
But if there is a hell, you need to ask yourself one solemn question. Is that where I'm going to be forever? How can I escape from its work, from the place where the worm never dieth and its fire is never quenched? That challenge should be to every person who stands behind the sacred desk. If you do not believe in hell, you should not be in the pulpit. But as I looked at this man in the scriptures, I looked at him. I thought this man has many, many things going on in his life. He thought of he would live a long life. He was thought that he would, let, he, would, he would live a good life. But his lessons must be for us that we must be prepared. For there's always the after this. It's not that each one of us that will have a long life. It is, is, it is that we have a life. And what must we do while we're on this earth? I want to speak of this evening of an ungodly man in this passage of Scripture. And maybe you've got an idea this evening of an ungodly person upon your mind. Maybe your picture of your life is this ungodly man. Oh, he's doing something wrong. Or maybe you know yourself an ungodly person. Uh, whether they're, they're man or woman or young person. And they're living their life ungodly against God. And that's the ungodly person you have in your picture. But this man wasn't a bad man. But yet he was ungodly. The reason why he was ungodly wasn't because he was a bad man. It was because he was not right before the Lord. The ungodly man. Firstly, the ungodly man's worldly blessing. It says in verse number 16, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. He was blessed by God. He's finding that Jesus begins to speak in this parable and Christ begins to talk about this ungodly man. He was an ungodly man who was comfortable in the life that he had been given. He is, he is comfortable in his home. He's comfortable now that he's received more than he ever thought that he would receive before. He is all that he needs, but God says, you're a fool. Because he's not interested in the things of God he's interested in possessions. As I preach this evening, you know what my desire is? That through the preaching of God's word, you'll have something fresh. Something fresh as you hear God's word. Because God's word is old yet ever new, and it's fresh to our hearts. And this, un this ungodly man, he thought he had a freshness of the world. But he had nothing good in himself that was in God. And maybe you say this evening, say, well, well, that's maybe the rich people. And maybe you say this evening that sure, the Bible tells us that, that the money is the root of all evil. That's not true. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, it wasn't the richness of this man's heart and his life and his possessions that sent him to hell. It wasn't the, the richness that he had that made him lost. Because God said, God gave him all these things. But it was his love for the possessions rather than God. It was his love for possessions over God for a season. But the after this, 
while we read in the scriptures that the love of money is the root of all evil. But it doesn't mean that you can't be rich and be saved. God has allowed this man to have riches. God has allowed him to have provisions in his life. God has given all these things to him. And you know something about this man? He's ungodly. And you know why I can say he was ungodly this evening? Not just because God sent him to eternity. But that God does not record his name. You'll find that yourself in Luke 16. The Bible talks about a rich man in hell. It doesn't record as a man with no name. Why? Because their name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. And God again once, once more in this passage of scripture in Luke chapter 12. And he doesn't mention the man's name. He calls him a rich man. Why? Because his name isn't written in the Lamb's book of life. And this man is lost for all eternity. And as those men, those men we've mentioned in Luke 16 and Luke chapter 12. Their names not being written in the Lamb's book of life. There's a warning for us there that we must have our names written in heaven. That our names need to be written or else we too will be the ungodly man or woman. There is a difference between being known on earth and known in heaven. For you can be well known on earth. You can have your name written many places on this earth. But if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be cast into a hell and into eternity and you will be forever with the damned. But I don't say that to scare you. I say that because it's true. It's true. In this passage, it says he receives plenty. He he, it says he brought forth plentifully, verse 16. That shows us that this man saw the blessing of God. That this man saw the blessing of God to allow him to receive such provisions, but he never thanks God for the goodness that God gives to him. I wonder whether rich or poor, have you thanked God for the provisions that God has given to you? Have you got up every morning and said, Thank you, God, for another breath, day with breath in my body? Have you got up in the morning and said, God, I thank you for the family that are still with me? Thank you for the clothes on the back, the food on the table, the house, the table, everything else that God has given you. Have you said thank you? Because just like this man, God gives us provisions every day. And God has afforded to you something more. He's afforded to you breath in your body. And he's given you a new day. But have you thanked God for it? This man was given opportunity, but he didn't thank God. This man was a man who received worldly blessing. This ungodly man also, not only was he a man with worldly possessions, but he had a burden. This, man, this ungodly man's burden. Verse 17, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. This man runs into a problem. He's been blessed. Maybe he thinks I'm blessed too much. And he says to himself, what, will, what shall I do? I have no room. That's verse 17. He mentions uh, then in verse 18, this will I do. What will I do? I will pull down my barns. 
And then we find a little further. He says in verse 19, And I will say to my soul, What shall you say to your soul? Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And he gives himself questions and answers of what he's going to do. You see, this man believed he had plenty of time. He believed he had plenty of possessions, but he also believed he had plenty of time. And six times in these verses, he refers to his own abilities. Do you know that the number six is related to human weakness? And it makes me rely on God. I'm sure you've seen it over and over again, but God helps this man. But this man is no burden for the things of God. Sadly. So we look around the world today, there's many persons like it. Time for everything else. But they've no time for God. I told my own congregation the other week there in our prayer meeting, I said, if there's one seat empty in our church, we have to pray over that seat. If there's one seat empty, we have to pray over that seat. Why pray over that seat? Because there's many who have of other ideas of things to do and they'll say I'm born in my house but they won't come to church and they say I don't know what to do and they'll, they'll, they'll begin to do something they'll head, and head out somewhere on a Sunday they'll go somewhere on a Sunday but they're still bored and they haven't got what they want and they're not satisfied and it's the very person who's bored who's unsatisfied who should be sitting in the house of the Lord listening to the word of God where are they today? got their possessions but they've got nothing for God they've got nothing before God they want to receive the good things in life but not the good things of God when God gives them do you know what they say give me more I wonder have you ever received something you never thought you would ever have received over the past while but have you taken time to thank God for it? But when this man got more, he makes himself think, I've got a false security. I have a false a security around about me. He's a leaf of what's to come. And he thinks he's wonderful and he builds those barns. He says, I'm going to build those barns bigger. You see, he wasn't satisfied and he wanted more. I read the story of a, a policeman who curiously looked at, watched a man who was drunk. This man who was drunk was looking for something under a streetlight. He asked the man, the, he says, what are you looking for? His answer was, my ten-pound note. I want to find it. Then the policeman asked him, where do you think he lost it? He said, down the road. The policeman got confused. And the man pointed down to the distance where the ten-pound note was lost. He says, why? Why aren't you looking down there instead of here? He says, because there's no streetlights down there. I'd never find it. And many people are searching for things in exactly the wrong place. And they don't look in the right place to find out where God is. For instance, 
Think of the most important search of all, trying to find God and trying to find out about his salvation. But, you're, but there's somebody looking in the wrong place. You know tonight you're sitting or listening in the right place. Your heart's been telling you for so long you need to know about God, but you're going everywhere else. You've been missing out in the things of God. But God's telling you tonight, it's his way or no way. Have Have you ever wished that you would ever know God? Do you ever long that you would have the assurance of salvation before death comes? Have you ever thought where you will spend your eternity? Are you like this man who's looking for the ten pound in the wrong place? Or are you like this man who's looking to build barns in the wrong area? Maybe you have no room for God. If you read... In verse 18 and 19, times going on. So I'll let you read that for yourself. You'll find this. He begins to question himself because he's not satisfied. He begins to question himself because there's no peace within his heart. There's no peace within him. He's overwhelmed. And the next things that he can do, he said there's a problem. He has too much food for his current situation. But he doesn't think of others down the road that could need it. He doesn't think of other people. He doesn't hand it out to those who have not got. But he says to himself, I must build more barns. And the wordings here indicates that he reasoned again and again with himself. Or inquired of himself. And that tells me that he was in turmoil. What do I do? He's anxious for his future. Maybe he's afraid of others that they may come and take it if they hear they had a good harvest. If you look at the fields and look at the farmer when it comes to reaping season and harvest. I remember being in a car with a farmer one time and he looked across at another farmer's field and he said, look at the amount of, look amount this man's got this year. As he gazed upon that man's field, he could see the bountiful harvest that he was going to receive. And there he is, he looked at it. Yes, there was a want in his heart because he didn't have what, he, what that man had. But this man, he's standing with questions. But as I look at his heart, I see him here, he's far from God. As long as the barns and the food is okay, that's it. The problem is, he's no room. He's no room for Jesus. His life was full. His old barns had served their purpose. But there's more. Look at the last four words of verse 17. To bestow my fruits. Or to store my crops. There is no place. And without a place, these crops will be worthless to collect. Unless he took action. And without Christ, this is so true. 
We are in an empty situation. But when we come to Christ and know him as our own and personal Savior, we are filled with God's goodness. And there's something that we can say is worth living for. There's a, war, there's a wonderful hymn that says, Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinner to reclaim. Hallelujah! What a Savior. Guilty, violent, helpless we, spotless Lamb of God was he, full atonement can it be. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And maybe you say, why? Why did you mention that in the midst of a consideration of this man? And the reason is, I don't want you to miss out on, the, on what this man missed out on. For I want you to trust in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. I want you to, I want you to trust in, in Christ who cared for you and cared for me. And that's why he went to the cross. Because he, is he cared for us. And he died and he rose again and sat down at the right hand of God. You see, he cares, but this man cares for everything that he's got. And not the Lord. But further... It says, thirdly, the God, ungodly man's desire, verse 18. He said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns, and I will build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, or step back. Eat, drink, and be merry. Step back and gaze upon what I've done. He had his own opinion. He had his own consultation. He didn't consultate the Almighty God. This is what he says I will do. I will make my own plans. For this man had an eye for his own way. And God says to him, stop. God says, thou fool. Before you take another action or say another word, you need to think about your eternity. You need to think about God. Because the very next decision you will make will discern your eternity. And he wanted his own way. He didn't know that tomorrow would bring what tomorrow would bring. He didn't know that the Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. He didn't know that this day would be the last moment that he would have on earth. And I say that with love because I care for your soul that you would come to Christ. I care that you would be in heaven with me. And he makes plans after plan in verse 19. He makes decisions. He's ready to eat. He's ready to drink. He's ready to be merry. No matter how many plans this man's made, no, many, no matter how many decisions he will make or we will make, if God says that's it, your time's over. Your time's over. And he says in verse 18, this will I do. And this determination came here as he said, I will pull down my barns and build bigger or greater. If you think about it, timing is everything. This decision would have caused him problems. If he had made the rash decision or make a selfish decision, there would be consequences. And this did because this man was unwise. And there will I bestow my fruits. He thinks his plan is foolproof. He thinks that his plan is for him. When it should be for the glory of God. He says, my goods, my goods, my food. This man's heart excludes God. And, he, and Jesus tells us this parable. 
And he shows us the desire of the man who thinks he's accountable to no man. He has plans. He has eyes for a big future. He says, did you read those words in verse 18? Many years. He had plans for the future. He was a man who thought he had plenty of time. But God says, thou fool. And he says, I will eat, I'll eat what's mine. I will drink what's mine. I will be merry because it's mine. But he had no assurance. But these things must come. They are but for a season. But what will you say? Will you stand before God without excuse? Because of your sin, you're lost. Maybe you have a, a moment of happiness like this man. An outward enjoyment of the life like this man. But towards God this evening, you're not interested. The Bible tells us that one day we will stand before a holy God. It tells us that the small and great will stand there. And every knee shall bow. Tells us that every tongue that wills confess. Whether it is in heaven or in earth, it tells us to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Tonight God commends his love towards you in that while you were a sinner, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His wealth couldn't give him one more day. His wealth couldn't keep him blinded to the things of God. You've rejected my word for long enough, God says, even though you've been given time in this earth, but you've not trusted me and you've rejected me and you've rejected my grace and the Spirit is not striving anymore and because of your foolish living, God says, this is the last night you have on earth and you will have no time for your plans because this night thy soul will be required of thee. What if God looked at your life God looked at your plans. What would God say? I've made plans for this year. I made plans for a gospel mission in our health. Along with Ian Kenny in Hillsborough. We made, made, made plans for that mission. We've made plans for taking time off and having a little rest as a holiday. We made plans for our harvest. I made plans for our remembrance day. We have plans for, for the rest of this year going forward, having special speakers at our church. But only God knows the time we leave this earth. Tonight, if you die in your sin, you'll go out into a lost eternity without God. You'll be lost forever, having no more opportunity. Knowing forever that you are a sinner. And you will never, ever be in heaven. For this man, God looks at him and God says there's a summons. He says, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. His pride in verse number 19. I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods. But then there's the fall in verse 20. But God said unto him, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? There's no more time. Very quickly, the rich man's sentence, verse 21. So he, he that layeth up treasure for himself, and not rich, but towards God. Eternity and hell. 
You might think that you will, will, will be able to get into heaven your own way. You may, you may be, you think I can get to God even if, you're, even if you're not rich on earth. Because even though you're not rich on earth, you're still not rich before God because you're dying in your sin. And one day for those who are not, not saved, for those that are ungodly, God will, God will turn to you and say, Depart from me, you cursed, I never knew you. And that's why if God is speaking to you tonight, you should immediately turn to Jesus Christ. Immediately learn the lesson of this man and come to Jesus. Praise God we have great mercy and salvation available. Tonight, you can repent of your sin. The sentence tells us that this man, he laid up treasure towards himself, and his treasure is not rich towards God. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your life tonight, he will come into your heart. But if you continue to reject him and plan your own way ahead, I don't know when your final curtain will come. I don't know when it's time for your final curtain to close on earth. But you know where you will spend eternity if you're not saved. I asked you with all of my heart this evening, I asked you and plead with you to not leave this God's house without getting right before God. Lest you go out into God's eternity without being saved and end up in hell. See, if you come to Christ tonight, you will never be without hope again. But you will have that hope and assurance of God's salvation. And you'll know that Jesus saves. So like this ungodly man, don't be a fool. But be wise towards the things of God because God has afforded to you God's saving grace. Will you take it? Will you accept what God says or will you still live on that ungodly life? And maybe you're saying, well, if that man's ungodly, I'm an ungodly person too. Well, if that's, if that's the case, don't leave God's house without getting right. He's appointed on the man who wants to die, but after this. You know what God says? judgment tonight we can leave this God, this house we can leave the Lord's house this evening and you could have something happen to you on the way home I hope it doesn't but you could have something happen to you or I could have something happen to me we could go out into God's eternity as I go into God's eternity I'll go home where will you go? Home? Or hell? Hell? Or home? If you learn anything from this passage of Scripture, it says don't be a fool towards God. Don't go searching up a street in the wrong place. But get yourself before a holy God and cry mercy. For he will come and see him. We're going to close the meeting just singing the final hymn. And stay standing at the end for as we come to prayer.
Hymn number 260. It only is three verses of scripture we'll, or, or, or hymn, so we'll sing it together. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. 260 on the page 281. And we'll stand together to sing the words of this hymn. Father in heaven, as we come into thy presence, O God, we thank thee, O God, for thy faithfulness. O God, we thank thee for thy mercy. O God, we think of this man, how God, thou called him a fool. O Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be foolish for Christ, to have that wisdom which God gives us, if there is someone, Lord, we pray for them this night. If they are foolish in their sin, and they're far from God, oh Lord, we pray that you'll break into their hearts this night and bring them through for thee. Lord, maybe there's someone wandering, been wandering in their sin for a long time. Father, break in, the Lord, and bring them back to their first love. Give them grace to speak to us this night. 
Father, as we part our ways, I pray as you'll take us to our homes in safety. Lord, we know the blessings of the Lord our God throughout this week and thy help given. Give us the words to speak to people with. Lord, as we gather, we've gathered here in thy house and as we leave this, thy house, give us safety in our journeys home. Dwell with each of us congregation until they meet again in the Lord's house throughout this week. Put your arm around about every, everyone. And close them in with thee, I pray. We thank thee for our sisters singing. Lord, we bless thee for the joy, Lord, which is ever there before us. Lord, bless us now, I pray, in Jesus' name's sake. Amen. Amen. Maybe you are unsaved or backslidden this evening, you say, but I have been in that state for a while, but I would like to get right before God. Come and speak to us. We'll be at the door. Have a chat to us. Bring somebody else with you. We'd be glad to bring you to the Word of God, not to yourselves, because I cannot save a soul, but I can lead you to the one who can, that is Jesus Christ. Thank you for having me today. It's been a joy to be with you. I know your own minister preached well this morning. My wife was telling me, so that's how I know. Uh, I trust that the Lord will bless him, bless you as he comes back uh, throughout the week, and also bless you in the week of prayer. Pray for us as we have our week of prayer too. I pray that the Lord will keep you safe. Amen.